Isaiah, what is it? What story is it from? Go ahead, Eden. No. It's too old a story. You guys don't even remember Peter Pan. Oh, I loved that story when I was their age. Following the leader. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Following the leader. How many of you, show of hands, how many of you remember playing that game when you were that age? Yeah, yeah. Follow the leader. Now, it's a game that has very simple rules. You pick one person to be the leader, and everybody else has to do whatever that leader does. Okay? As you're walking along, if the leader raises his right hand, everybody has to raise their right hand. If you're walking along and the leader raises his left hand, everybody has to raise... You get the idea. You've all done it. I remember as a kid, we used to do that a lot, even though there wasn't a great crowd of kids. Uh, we had two boys lived across the road from us, my brother and me. We would play follow the leader once in a while. In the most fun way to play follow the leader is on a bicycle. Okay, boys would do that. Uh, our lane was stone, the road was stone, so riding a bicycle was a little more difficult. These kids today on their paved roads don't understand exactly what it's like to ride a bicycle, but I, could, I never won the game. I was always the first one out. Well, one time I got to be the leader, and I'm riding along, you know, I could actually pop a wheelie back in those days, I couldn't do that today. Everybody would do the same thing, so on and so forth, and I'm going along, and I hit this rock with my front wheel, and the rock flies out to the side. Everybody else stopped. <laughs> you win. We can't do that. I didn't have the heart to tell him it was totally accident. I couldn't do that either. But uh, <laughs> follow the leader. Rules are simple, but there's some good things about follow the leader too. There's some important lessons to learn on following the leader. Uh, where am I? Oh, there we are. Benefits of the game. First of all, and I'm sure you've already learned this, it's a great way of getting kids' attention. It's a great way of making them pay attention. Because if they don't pay attention, they're going to miss that thing that the leader does, and they're out. And I've, one thing I've learned over the years, especially with grandkids, kids don't like to be out, okay? They want to stay in the game. So kids will tend to pay attention to the leader. And it's a great way to focus their attention on something. You know, sometimes mom needs to be the leader and do things that they might not do otherwise. It's a great way to focus their attention, following the leader. Boy, there's getting a bunch of stuff up here, aren't we? Um, okay, in this message, pay attention to this. Everybody? Okay. By the way, you kids are staying up here. That's why I had a, a film for you. In this message, we will examine the keys to prosperity and success that allowed Joshua to fulfill his mission of bringing the people into the promised land. Okay, Brian talked about this in the Sunday school class. 
The next word I have written here in big letters in my notes is not. That's not at all what we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk about how Joshua had riches and prosperity and how God was leading him to all kinds of blessing in that way. That's not what we're going to talk about this morning. Today we're going to take a look at the book. We're going to take a look back at a transition time. Donna, I would think you're probably the only one here this morning that ever sat in a service in the old church across the road. I remember the old church, but it was the youth building at that time when I would remember. But at one point, that was Dunphy Church, that old wooden building across the road. And they made a transition from there to here. That was a big change, wasn't it? Yeah, this, this building was pretty new when I started coming here. And I was, oh, Isaiah was about your size when I started coming here. A transition. Well, this morning we're going to talk about a transition in the history of the nation of Israel and explore maybe some similarities from that transition to the transition that we're going to be seeing in the next couple weeks at Living Hope Missionary Church. You guys have been hearing about it, and we've been talking about it. The, the pastoral search team never in their wildest dreams thought that they were going to be a group for eight months. This has been a long, long, drawn-out process. Wait a minute. The children of Israel were being prepared for what we're going to look at this morning for 40 years. Don't feel bad, Brian. Eight months is a relatively short period of time sometimes. Depends on how you compare it. When last time Pastor was on vacation and I stood up here, we talked about Moses' last speech to the children of Israel. As he's standing on the east side of the Jordan River, and in the book of Deuteronomy, it goes through and he gives them the law again. And then he describes to them what this land is going to be like and compares it. Here's that comparison again. He compares it, what Canaan is going to be like, to what they remembered from Egypt. Remember we talked about that. In Egypt, it didn't rain because God brought water up from the ground and the Nile River flooded. And every year, they had water. And water was abundant. They're going into a land where if it doesn't rain, you starve. Because the only place that you're going to get water to grow your crops is from the rain, the winter rains, because you're going to go eight months out of the year when it literally does not rain at all. If you don't get the winter rains, you have no water. They're going into a land where they have to trust God for the rains. They don't have to worry about that in Egypt. Hmm. Okay, we're going to change a little bit. We're going to talk about the next leader. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Joshua 1. We're going to read a little bit from the first chapter of Joshua, and we're going to look at how God was telling Israel to follow 
the leader. All right. Joshua 1. If you got it, let's read the first nine verses. Follow along with me. Stand up if, you, if you're able for the reading of God's Word. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, that doesn't mean he didn't have parents, that was his dad's name, Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where your foot, where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and to the great river, the Euphrates, to the Hittite country, to the great sea, that's the Mediterranean, on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. May God bless his word as we look at it this morning. You can be seated. I've always said that Joshua has one of the hardest jobs in all of Scripture. Would you love to follow Moses? Think about who Moses was. He was a great leader that God had raised up. Let's look at Moses for just a second. He was well-educated. He, he was raised in Egypt, one of the first peoples to ever have writing he was probably the only, when they left Egypt, Moses may well have been the only person in that whole group that could read. Do you think about that? Because he was raised as an Egyptian and learned to read Egyptian hieroglyphs. Hmm. He was well educated. He was willing to do what God told him to do, even though... He didn't feel qualified, even though he sometimes didn't want to do it. He was willing to do whatever God told him to do. And he stood up to the strongest man on the planet, the Pharaoh. The leader of the strongest nation on earth at that time. Moses stood up to him. He took a bunch of slaves and turn them into an organized nation. Think about that for a minute. How was life different for the Israelites 
the day after they left Egypt. I remember when our son got out of the Navy, he made the comment to me a number of times, life's different now. I don't have anybody telling me what time I have to get up. So sometimes I'm late. Never had that problem before. I don't, I now have to think about what I want to eat. Never had to worry about that. I ate whatever they gave me. I have to make decisions now that I never had to make before. And that's exactly where Israel was. Moses took a group of people who were slaves and had done what they were told and ate what they were given into a nation of people who had to make decisions for themselves, had to gather that manna that God supplied for them or chase down those quail or go thirsty sometimes. He stood face to face with God as he received the law. Wow, nobody else in history has ever done that. He directed the building of the tabernacle, the first place where there was a symbol of God within his people. Moses directed the building of it. Hmm. There were a couple people that used to sit in that wooden building across the road who had dreams of this. And they directed the building of it. Well, that's what Moses did with the tabernacle. God was not caught off guard by the death of Moses. Didn't surprise him in the least. Sometimes we wonder about that. And he was not surprised by the presence of the Canaanite tribes. God knew exactly what was across that river. Israel didn't, but God knew exactly what was across that river. God wasn't surprised. But he picked a man to lead them that he could guide. When he looked back over the history of this church, and it was fun, one, one of the, the things that Pastor Allen had us do was go back as far as we could remember. And unfortunately, I could remember back farther than most of the ones in that group. <laughs> and think of things that happened, good and bad. We had red and green post-it notes, and we plastered them all over the wall down there. This was a great thing back in the 60s, and this was a maybe not-so-great thing back in the 60s. And we did that for the 70s and the 80s, and all the way up to current time. You know what was neat about it? There was actually a lot more green than there was red. God has blessed this church over the years. We look back over the history of the church and saw some good times that God blessed this body and there were some really, really good leaders. Some that were maybe not as effective. And we're right here and we're right, we're right here right now because God wants us to be right here right now. Things are going to change wildly in the next few weeks. Hold on, it's going to be a quick ride. We've been building up to this point. And we've been talking about it. We've been praying about it. We've been working toward it. And now it, in the next couple weeks, it's all going to come together. I don't know if you're excited, but I am 
God's going... Can you imagine what those children of Israel, what was going through their minds as they're standing there on the, west, on the east side of the Jordan River and Joshua tells them, get ready. In three days, we're going to cross that river. We've been waiting for this for 40 years. We've been preparing for this. God's been getting us ready for 40 years. And in three days, we're going to cross that river and God's going to bless us. That's where Living Hope Missionary Church is right now. In three weeks, we're going to cross that river. We're going to have a new leader. We're going to follow the leader that God's provided for us. Hmm. Look at the first two verses again. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. God can be kind of blunt sometimes. You notice that? Moses, my servant, is dead. Joshua, he's not going to look over your shoulder anymore. Joshua, he's not going to give you any more advice. You are the leader now, and that's exactly what God's telling this guy that's coming to us. Step up. You're going to be the leader now. I'm going to guide you. But you know something? we got to be willing to follow and work with the new leader that God's providing for us. Moses, my servant is dead. Now you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River to the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Moses, the servant of the Lord, was dead. You've had 40 years of direction from him. You, I've built you up to this point, but now things are going to change. The first thing that God tells Joshua and the people is, take the land. Go in and do it. You know, he had made this promise to Abraham and to Isaac, to Jacob, Israel, to Joseph, to Moses, and now he repeats exactly the same promise to Joshua. I'm going to give you this land. Go take it. And I think that's one of the biggest paradoxes in Scripture. God says, I'm going to give you this wonderful gift. Now go work for it. Go fight the battles. Go do the things that have to be done to get you where I want you to be, to get you where I'm giving you this land. Hmm, I'm giving it to you. Go fight for it. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses and all the guys before him. Get ready to take that which God has promised. Time for promises is over for Israel. 
God says, I've been promising you this since Abraham. I've been promising you this for 450 years. The time of promises is over. Get up and go. And I think maybe that's what the Lord is saying to Living Hope Missionary Church. The time for promises, the time for learning, the time for planning is over. Here's your new leader. Now get up and go. I think God has some tremendous things for this church. We're not going to realize them just sitting in the pew. It's time to get up and go to follow the leader. Take the land. And you know, the area that God describes in this passage that we just read, you know, he says from the Euphrates and all the land of the Hittites and from the Negev, from the desert in the south to the Mediterranean Sea to the west, that area covers about 300,000 square miles. And by the, ten, the time we get to the end of the book of Judges, they had only taken about 30,000 square miles of it. About a tenth of what God promised. Not because God was unfaithful. It was a lack of faith on God's people that made them only get a tenth of what God had promised. God has some wonderful promises for us. Not for this building, but for us. How much of it are we going to realize? Israel only made 10%. How much is Living Hope Missionary Church going to realize in the next couple years of the promises that God has in store for us? So he said, take the land. And secondly, he said, trust your leader. Take the land by trusting your leader. God was giving his people a leader that was equipped to take the land. And we believe that God is giving us a leader that's equipped and ready to lead this congregation. Hmm. Trust the leader. You know, the fun little video that we stuck up here from Peter Pan shows the kids all following the leader. I didn't throw the one up there of, of the little varmints going over the cliff. Remember? Following the leader into destruction. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about following a leader that God has equipped and prepared for us. Get out of the pew and take the land. No one will be able to stand, uh, verses verse 5 and 6, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. In your pew, if you don't have one in your hand, is a pencil. I want everybody to take a pencil and write down four things. Okay? Find a piece of paper, take a pencil, 
and I want you to write down four things. Four things that we're going to take a look at the promises that God gave to Israel's new leader. In those two verses we just read, in verses 5 and 6, let me read them again. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Okay, we're going to pick up four things that God promises to give His people because of their new leader. Okay? First thing, victory over your enemies. Write it down. Victory over your enemies. God promised Israel that nobody's going to be able to stand up against them. There's going to be victory over your enemies if you follow the leader that I have provided for you. Number two, you're going to realize the presence and the power of God. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. The presence of God and the power of God in their presence. Number three, the faithfulness of God. Oh. God's been promising. God's been leading. God's been providing. And he says, just as I've been doing in the past, I will do in the future. God has been very, very faithful to this church. There's been some good things that have happened to this body. There's been some good leaders that God has given us. And God tells Israel, what's the next one? Take heed of the rules. Trust your leader. Take heed of the rules. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. You were right. Okay, the faithfulness of God. And number four, the thing to write down. God will keep His promises. God will keep His promises. If you could trust Him in the past, you can trust Him today. If we as a body could trust Him in the past, and we have, we can trust Him for the future as well. Okay, this is a promise given to the people because of their new leader. As God is anointing, as God is picking out Joshua, as God is setting Joshua before his people and said, this is the man I want you to follow, these are the four things that God tells them. Let's review them. You should have them written down. Victory over every enemy. The presence and the power of God will be with them. God will be faithful, the faithfulness of God, and God will keep his promises. That's what God was telling them if they follow the new leader that he's providing. And God still makes the same promises today that he made to Israel. Let me read a few scriptures to you real quickly. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Listen to that. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. 
This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That's a promise that he's given to us, not to ancient Israel. And look what that promise is. Look back at your notes, what you wrote down. Number one, victory over every enemy. Who is it that overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of us. We're the ones that have the promise to overcome the world if we follow what he's told us. Victory over every enemy. Hebrews 13. Listen as I read it. Verse 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. God says to us, not first century Israel or ancient Israel, God says to us, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Look at your notes. What's number two on your notes? God is ever-present, and God is still ever-present today. Matthew 28, 20. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always even to the very end of the age. What was number three on your lists? Did you write it down? God is still faithful. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As God was faithful to ancient Israel, God is still faithful today. This promise is for us. What's the last one on your list? Let's look. Romans 4.21 Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what He had promised. God had power to do what He had promised. What's the number four on your list? God still keeps His promises. Just as He did for ancient Israel... God still keeps his promises to us today. What in the world does God have for this body in the rest of this year? I don't know. But God has told us if we follow the leader that he's providing, things are going to happen. We, when we went through this portion of the latter part of Deuteronomy and, and the first part of, of Joshua in our Wednesday night class, if you've not been there, you've been missing out. We've been having fun on Wednesday nights. We made the point that when the children of Israel went into the promised land, they didn't go into a barren land where they had to build houses and build cities and plant vineyards and plant olive trees. Do you realize that in the dry, rocky climate of the Judean hills, 
An olive tree has to be 40 years old before it produces its first fruit. If Israel had gone in and conquered the land, were they going to starve to death for 40 years while they're waiting for the grape arbors to grow and for the olive trees to produce fruit? God took them into a land where house, they moved into houses that were already built that they didn't have to build, and they harvest crops that they had never planted. God provided for them in ways that we don't always realize when you just read through the fact that they went in and they conquered the land. I don't know what God has prepared for us, but it's something good. Olive trees that are already producing fruit and grape arbors that are ready to be harvested. Oh, God still keeps his promises today. Okay. Take heed of the rules. Listen to verses 7 and 8. Read with me. You've got it. 7 and 8. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it for the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. Brian, you hit on this about an hour ago. God is raising up Joshua to be a different leader than Moses had been. Moses was a pretty good politician. Moses was a pretty good guide a pretty good spiritual leader god used moses for 40 years to keep this group together and organize them as a nation that is not what they needed today as they're setting on the west bank of the jordan river or on the east bank of the jordan river that is not what they needed they needed a military leader and that's exactly what joshua was this church has had some great leaders in the past. I was thinking the other day, I think there's six pastors that have been that I can remember in this church. Some good men that God used to lead this church. The first thing that God told Joshua was, "Moses, my servant is dead." I don't need Moses right now. I need Joshua. The guy that's coming is going to be different than probably any of the leaders we've had in the past. He has to be. He's a different person. God has equipped him differently and God has prepared him differently. He's probably going to have us do some things that I'm not going to like because I'm real picky. I want things done my way. Jason has learned a long time ago that if it's not done the way Grandpa wants, it's probably not right, regardless if it works or not. This leader is going to be different, and we better get used to the fact that we need to follow things that we may not have done before. 
We may not sing three songs every Sunday morning. Things may be different. He might stand down there rather than up here. He might stand up here when he preaches, or he may sit down on a stool. I don't know. But things are going to be different in some way than what we've seen in the past because God has chosen up a new leader for this time, not what we needed in the past. Three times in these nine verses, God says the same thing over to Joshua. Be strong and courageous because it's going to be tough. And we may go through some tough times. I may be asked to do things that I don't like to do. And I'm not good at that. God may be calling us to stretch ourselves out of our comfort zone. I don't have a very big comfort zone. To do things that we need to do. And God's answer is, follow the leader. I've given him to you for a reason. Interesting word. The word there in verse 8 that says, you will be prosperous. When I read that word, when I I read that Hebrew word, I think of an NFL football team. Here's what it means. We are the offensive line. We're not the quarterback. God's giving us a quarterback. We're the offensive line. We're not playing defense. And what is the job of the offensive line? To push forward. To push forward. Or as Joe says, advance. You know what this word means? The Hebrew word that's interpreted here, prosperous, push forward. You will be able to push forward with whatever it is I have for you in the next six months, next year, or however long. God says if you do these things, if you keep in my word, if you meditate on what I have told you, you'll be able to be that offensive line and push forward and keep advancing. Football team has four downs to cover 10 yards. And if you break that down, just down by down, you only have to make three yards time now it sounds simple (laughs) you know we're not going to get probably a 50 yard pass the first time out but we only need to make three yards each time as we push forward push forward and push forward until we get to the goal let the quarterback let the leader tell us what to do but we need to push forward push forward You will be prosperous. You'll be able to push forward. All right. Next verse. Verse 9. It's going to be a tough time of transition. 
There's going to be a change that's going to be made. And for some of us, it may be a little difficult because we don't like change. Tough time of transition. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. You know why God keeps saying that? You know why God keeps saying three times in this passage, be strong and be courageous? Because that's not his tendency. That's not our tendency. Our tendency is sit back and let him do it. I'm not good at that. I don't have time for that. God tells Joshua three times, don't set back. Don't let somebody else do it. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go and discouragement's going to come. There's going to be some things that you think should happen in the next couple months that probably will not happen. And there's going to be some things happen in the next few months that you never envisioned. Don't be discouraged. Don't be terrified. Be strong and courageous and keep pushing forward as that offensive line does. Just because God had given Israel a new capable leader did not mean that the job at hand was going to be easy. And just because we believe God is giving us a capable leader here in this body doesn't mean the job's going to be easy. We're not going to be able to sit back and say, that's what we're paying you to do. Hmm. I love looking back at these stories and thinking, that's what God did then. And wow, guess what? That's what God wants to do now with me. I'm not Joshua. <laughs> do we have time? We're going to take time. There were two and a half tribes. The half tribe of Manasseh and Gad and Asher. Two and a half tribes that had already settled on the east side of the Jordan River. They already had their possession. They'd already taken possession of the land that God was giving to them. Moses had agreed to it. You can have that land. That's okay. And they came, the leaders of those two tribes came to Joshua and they said, we got ours. <laughs> Good luck when you cross the Jordan. You know what Joshua told them? Nope. Ain't going to work that way. You're going with us. You're going to join this army and you're going to go with us and you're going to stay with us as we go into the center of the land, as we go south and as we go north and conquer the major cities. You're going with us even though you already have your land. Everybody has to participate. I'm too old. I'm too sick. I'm too busy. Ain't going to cut it. Everybody participates in order to push forward. Whether you're 
Gad or Asher or the half-tribe of Manasseh or whoever you are, you're part of the body and the body moves as one. Oh, there's, a great, there's just as great a need for the people to stand for the Lord now as there was in the days of Joshua. We may not be as big as Israel was, but it's just as important that we move as God directs us as it was for the nation of Israel. I didn't put on the slides, but let me read the next two verses, verses 10 and 11. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. God told him what to do, and Joshua did it. Order the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people. Here's what you're going to tell them. Get your supplies ready, because three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your very own. Get ready to go because God is ready and you don't want for Him to leave you behind. It's just as important today for this body to follow the Lord as it was for ancient Israel. We are right here, right now, because God wants us here and now. The next few weeks are going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what's going to happen, and neither does anybody else at this point. But God has wonderful things in store for us. Let's be a good offensive mind.